Hello, and an extra hello and welcome from me to all of our friends from Community Church in Huddersfield. It's great to have you with us today. Well, over these past 10 weeks, we in King's Church have been looking at some of the one another instructions in the New Testament. The, uh, the Greek word alelon, um, that we translate as one another, is used a hundred times in 94 New Testament verses. And half of these verses give instructions to us in the church. Now, obviously, we've not been able to look at all of them, but we have thought about what it means for us to love one another and to accept and forgive one another, to serve one another and to submit to one another to confess our sins to one another and to admonish one another, to encourage one another and to pray for one another. And right at the start, we rooted all this in this concept of us all being members of one another. So let's read from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others." We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. See, for Paul, the way we function together as the body of Christ has a lot to do with our true and proper worship. That is the way we offer ourselves as living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to God. He says we're all members of one body and that each member belongs to all the others. Literally, the original Greek language says that we're all members of one another. Paul is saying we belong to each other. When Jesus adds us to his church, we're not becoming members of an institution like a library or a gym where we can benefit from its services. We're becoming members of a community, members of a family. We're not receiving benefits or services. We're committing our lives to following Jesus together. We're committing our lives to one another. Because the Bible teaches us that the way we follow Jesus together is critically important. In Ephesians 1 and verse 23, Paul describes the church as Christ's body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It is the plan and purpose of God to reveal the wonder and the glory of Jesus through us, the church. And that's not about inspiring church services or great preaching or impressive choirs. That's about the way people live, love, serve and worship together as a community. In Ephesians 3 and verse 10, Paul says that God's intent is that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. 
And this is all really relevant with all that we're experiencing in our world at this time. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought us so many challenges in so many ways. Some have lost loved ones, maybe directly as a result of the virus or maybe through unrelated causes. But certainly the restrictions as a result of the virus have made being with that person or caring for them or even just saying goodbye to them extremely difficult and in many cases painful. Some have lost jobs or self-employed income. Some of us might have felt real pressure about how we're going to pay the bills or provide for our families. There's a lot of uncertainty about the future all around us. Working from home might have been a blessing for some, but for others, it's been incredibly stressful, especially if there have also been young children to look after who would usually have been at school or nursery. For others, their jobs have become so much more stressful in, in and of themselves with extra work or different responsibilities as a result of the pandemic. Sometimes I wake up and I'll be honest, I just feel really fed up with the whole thing. I want to be able to interact normally with people again. I want to be able to hug people who are mourning the loss of a relative. I want to be able to visit my parents' house. I want to be able to go shopping without having to wear a face covering. And I want to be able to meet with you again. I want to be able to sing with you again. I want to be able to give you a hug or shake you by the hand, whichever is more appropriate. But actually, our longing needs to go deeper than that. We need to long not just for what we miss, but for the kind of church community that God has called us to be. Because the biblical concept of restoration is never about simply returning to what we had, but about returning to God's original intention. And in Romans 12 and verse 10, following on from the passage we just read, Paul urges the church to be devoted to one another in love. And devotion is such a strong word, isn't it? It takes effort and commitment. This COVID-19 pandemic and the health and safety restrictions that it has brought along with it have challenged what it means for us to be God's church at every level. But if we are to truly be devoted to one another in love, we must refuse to allow disruption to our Sunday services to suddenly wipe us out. Our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ has to mean more to us than just bumping into them on a Sunday. And if I can say this with love and respect, it is time for some of us to stop thinking so much about ourselves. I know some of us are struggling and it's genuinely okay to need a bit of extra help and attention. But some of us find ourselves always thinking about what the church has or hasn't done for us rather than thinking about what we have or haven't done for the church. And I don't mean whether you've given your tithes and offerings as, as much as we appreciate that, and we really do. But I mean whether you've devoted yourself in love to your brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean whether you've truly loved them and accepted them and, where necessary, forgiven them. I mean whether you've wholeheartedly served them and submitted to them. Whether you have confessed your sins to them and built relationships where you can admonish one another as well as encourage each other and pray for one another. And I don't mean whether this has been done for you or provided for you. It's so easy to blame others. 
but to what extent have you pursued this? What more could you do? How could you be more devoted to others in the church in love? Listen, I know it's hard. I feel disillusioned too sometimes. I get tired. And like I said, this COVID-19 situation seems to make everything feel more difficult and uncertain and more depressing. But this is our calling. This is our commission. Our discipleship and mission are at stake. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now, Paul is speaking in this particular context about people being envious of each other's gifts and roles within the church. So the foot is saying, I want to be a hand. I don't want to be a foot. If I can't be a hand, then I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be part of the body anymore. And Paul is trying to help us to see how ridiculous that is. Despite its little temper tantrum or pity party, the foot is still part of the body. It might be a grumpy, sulky and reluctant part, but it doesn't stop being part of the body. And the ear can't say that because it's not an eye, it's no longer part of the body. The ear might feel really frustrated and disillusioned with the rest of the body, and it might want to give up on the rest of the body. It might want to make it really clear, I'm not part of this body anymore. And the nose might say the same, and the chin but they don't stop being part of the body. They just make the body look stupid. Remember, it's the church that is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Jesus said that it is by our love for one another that the world would know that we're his disciples. So there really is a responsibility on each and every one of us to be devoted to one another in love. We can't wait for that to be done for us. We can't wait for the conditions to be right, for the pandemic to pass and for everything to get back to normal. 
Our world needs our witness now. Our world needs to see the love of Christ on display now. Our world needs to see that our faith in the risen and ascended Lord Jesus means more to us than just singing songs together on a Sunday. Our world needs to see a community of God's people living together under the rule and reign of King Jesus. A community of people who are truly committed to loving one another and loving the world around them, whatever the circumstances. And this is so fundamental to our faith. 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23 says this. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For Peter, loving one another deeply is the obvious consequence of being born again through the living and enduring word of God. It might be that right now, for some of us, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction. Perhaps he will show some of us that we have not shared his passion for the community of the church. Perhaps he will show some of us that we've become weary or even indifferent towards building committed relationships with others in the church and to pursuing deep discipleship together. Perhaps he will even call some of us to repentance. Let's just take a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. May the Holy Spirit stir in all of us a renewed commitment to the body. May he stir a passion and a devotion that we should be his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And may he teach us and guide us and show us how to pursue this in creative ways, even as our usual activities are restricted and it seems that less can be organized and provided for us. And in the words of scripture, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. God bless you.